This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, Chris Nessie, and me, AJ Bianco. Hello, everyone in podcast world. Welcome back to another episode of Podcast PD. Thank you for listening to us and joining us in the wonderful conversation that we've had. Uh, first, of course, we can't forget, it's not just me, AJ Bianco. I'm here with Chris and Stacy. So let's check in. Chris, what's going on with you? Uh, not much. I first want to apologize for my voice on this episode because... I was a little under the weather this week. So as I said in the House of Ed Tech that I released, I kind of have the sexy dolphin thing going on with my voice. So I apologize. I know I don't need to, but I will. Uh, today, I spent the afternoon at MetLife Stadium with my dad, the OG Mr. Nessie, watching the Giants get their butts kicked by the... Uh, who did they play today? Los Angeles Rams. By the LA Rams. So we left before the fourth quarter and they were already losing 51 to 17. So that's been my day. Okay. It, it was close. Close. I was hoping for the most dramatic comeback in New York football Giants history. Alas, it did not happen. But other than that, life is good. Halloween is in the books. Lots of candy around the house of EdTech. And getting ready for the holiday season. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, like you, Halloween's over. The costumes that I don't even have pictures of because I'm like the worst mom ever um, are somewhere in our house and um, spent the weekend at Ed Camp Hat. That was my day yesterday and I had a great time. Came home, uh, made an Apple purchase and that was the highlight of my... Oh, and then today we went to brunch at the Molly Pitcher. So we were kind of out near you, Chris. Closer to you than normal anyway. There are so many things I want. Wait, hold on. There's so many things I want to pick apart from what you just shared. That, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> so don't jump to me just yet because we got to go through that one. First, we, I need to know. Forget the Ed stuff. What was the Apple <laughs> purchase? What'd you get? So I got I got a new phone. No, did you, you didn't. Pen? I did. I got the pen. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And here I was just That's talking to people this week. What kind of moron would spend $1,000 on a telephone? And we got one. <laughs> yeah, me. I and whatever. I figure it like so Doug and I we both got one. That's two thousand dollars on two phones. I know, I know, but you know, they have they have a lovely payment plan. And we were already doing that with our old phone, so really we just kind of upgraded. What was your old phone? The um, iPhone eight? What'd you have it for? Three days? No, I had the seven. It was old. Stacey, it's okay. I'm with you because I'm wait, looking to Wait, how can you phone. say you're with her, Mr. I had the Apple Watch for an hour and then returned it. A watch is different than a phone. The watch is different than a phone. A phone is like, I need this to do X, Y, and Z. The watch is like, stop bothering me, watch. Like, you're just ruining my life right now. Oh, I like my watch. I like my phone. Um, there were some some issues with the whole swapping it over. But in the grand scheme of things, Doug and I really figure like this one is going to last us more than a year, probably two years, if not longer than that. Sure. The 11 comes uh, out in June, I'm sure. All right, let's go back. Be the XI. 
let's go back to the the ed stuff tell me about ed camp hat because i would have been there if my son's fifth birthday wasn't this weekend okay yeah no it was fantastic um it was great it was a really nice ed camp very well organized i've been up to high point um to that school a couple of other times because they have a summit um in january or february one of those winter holidays that we have off for that is one of their pd days so and they open it up to other educators so i've gone up there before for like googly type things where i've seen um alice keeler and hung out with jenna sheeran and a couple of other of our good edgy friends um the Chow Isaacs and, you know, it was a long ed camp, which I haven't really gone to a full day ed camp in a while. So that was, that was nice. They had a food truck. Um, what else do you want to know? What'd you learn? So yesterday, um, like I said, it was four sessions. The first three sessions took place before lunch. Um, in the first session I went to, oh my goodness. Oh, I hung out with, um, Jeff Bradbury. He talked about, coaching and instructional coaching. It was really insightful, lots of good conversation. And I was there with Siobhan, um, who is helping to organize EdCamp New Jersey. So it's kind of nice to have some EdCamp New Jersey folks in there. Um, second session, there were three sessions I wanted to go to. I only made it to two. So one was Future Ready Schools with the um, leadership from New Jersey there. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and I left that one and went into using comics in the classroom. So it was kind of a throwback to what we did with Adam back in episode, episode 15 or 16, 16, 16. So episode 16. And it was just really cool because, you know, having that conversation was great with Adam. Um, this particular person, his name is Tim Smith, I believe mm-hmm. I could be very wrong, but it's yep. Tim somebody. And he just, like seeing the graphic novels and the comics kind of made it a little more real for me. I mean, I'm sure I could have been doing all of that research while Adam was talking, but um, it was just kind of nice to have all of that information. And it was a lot of the same conversation that we had with Adam, but I felt like it was a little bit deeper just because it was a whole hour. He pretty much did all the talking. Um, so that was kind of interesting. In the third session, I did sketch noting because there wasn't something I wanted to attend. So I just put something up on the board and then lunch was a very long wait for one food truck, but it was pretty yummy, grilled cheese sandwiches and the like. And then we had the fourth session. I went back to a room with Jeff and he talked about Google sites. It was supposed to be like sites and WordPress and all of the like blogger type things. Oh my, but we really focus on sites and it's kind of eye-opening, some really interesting ways to think about sites and how to incorporate that into classroom. So that was really interesting. And then today, Chris, who was Molly Pitcher, which for anyone who lives in New Jersey and has the opportunity to go to brunch, um, I highly, highly recommend it. There were 12 of us or 11 of us this morning at breakfast. We haven't been there in over 12 years, so it was just kind of amazing to go out. I had My, my favorite thing was the waffles and the skirt steak, because only at brunch can you have breakfast and dinner. And, and steak and waffles. There you go. That sounds delicious. I mean, I had a little bit of almost everything because it's a buffet and three mimosas. Um, but yeah, super yummy. How about you, AJ? What'd you do this weekend? So this weekend was all about family. It was uh, our son's fifth birthday. So we had about three birthday celebrations for him. 
we had a Friday night birthday was actual day. So we had dinner for him and cupcakes and family singing to him. And then Saturday morning was his friend's party. So we had some friends from school at a little party with more cake and singing. And then of course we had another family party in the afternoon. So with more cake and family and singing. So that was fun. But the best part about it. So today, Sunday, we went to Playfair in New York City, the Javits Center. And this was totally cool. There were toys and this was strictly for kids like under 12 years old. Legos, Nerf, little magnetic tiles that they play with at home. They had so many different things that you can play around with. It was like Comic-Con for kids. And because they're so young, they didn't realize we can buy a lot of it and take it home with us. So my wife and I were very worried we were going to have to say no a bunch of times. But because they just thought they were there playing, it was just like, okay, next thing, move on. And they were just, they were cool with everything. We bumped into Jeffrey the Giraffe from Toys R Us. We bumped into Rusty Rivets from Nickelodeon. The Ninja Turtles were there somewhere. Paw Patrol was there somewhere. PJ Mask was there. I'm telling you, if you have kids, this place is the place to go next year. So be on the lookout for Playfair, uh, hashtag Playfair or Playfair NY. You know, find them, stalk them on social media, get your tickets for next year. I think we'll be there again for at least one of the days, Saturday or Sunday. And really, for the first time, it was a really cool experience. And funny enough, I got the recommendation from a buddy of mine who went a couple of years ago because the Batmobile was there. And he's like, you got to go to this. That's cool. It was really cool. He's like, you got to go. You got you to take the boys. But at that point, they were like three and one. I was like, man, eh, probably not. So we waited. And uh, good decision. A lot of fun. Chris, you got to get the boys there next year. We'll have to set up a time. It's a half day. It was like 10 to 1. And then they had like a second session in the afternoon from like, I think it was 3 to 7 or something like that. It was really, really cool. That's so cool. And this is only a yearly thing, like an annual event? Yeah, it's like Comic-Con. So it's a, it's a once-a-year kind of thing. I'm sure they have it in other places, but this is the one that I know in, in New York. And five. So kindergarten next year, right? Oh, my God. Yep. Start school next year. We should have a show about how to be a parent of a school-aged child. From all different aspects, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll tackle that in the summer. Okay. Yeah, we'll worry about that. That'll be a summer episode. How not to cry in the first day of school, a parent's perspective. I'll give you all my tips on kindergarten after Miles' first year. Yeah, there you go. I think it's time that we give the people what they're waiting for. What's yeah, we got to have, yeah, we got to have some fun. This episode kind of breaks things up a little bit. Um, last weekend, we recorded with Chris Aviles, and we're going to let the content speak for itself. So here's that interview with Chris Aviles. <laughs> Joining us now on Podcast PD is our special guest for this episode, Chris Aviles. Chris is the 21st Century Skills, Technology, and Innovation Coordinator for the Fairhaven School District in Fairhaven, New Jersey. As the leader of the Fairhaven Innovates program, his students combine social entrepreneurship and design thinking to sell real products, solve real problems, and turn real profits. A few years ago, Chris decided he was done with traditional models of schooling, and he stopped whole class instruction and started blending. Chris is passionate about the crossroads where education and technology meet because he has seen the amazing things that can happen when you tech up teaching. He is an expert in gamification, game-based learning, passion projects, project-based learning, school gardens, 
blended learning, and makerspaces. He's a Google certified innovator, trainer, and a Google educator group leader, and he joins us here on Podcast PD. How are you, Mr. Aviles? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. We're surviving the, uh, the storm. Not too bad. Long time no see. I saw you a couple of weeks ago at Tech and Learning Live. Yeah, I had my kids out showing teachers uh, how they can learn with Minecraft in the classroom. Yeah, you had a little girl who was passionate about um, renewable energy. So her entire Minecraft creation was all glass and she didn't have animals because she wanted to save them. It was super cute. Yeah, she's cool. Chris, thank you for joining us tonight, man. It's really, uh, I feel like I haven't seen you since uh, 2015. We were at, at NATO the last time I saw you. Yeah, it's been a minute. And we were actually just talking about bringing NATO back yesterday. Uh-oh. That would be amazing. That's a good thing. So as everyone knows from the title of this episode, we are talking about app smashing. And app smashing is the process by which, and we're going to go Oxford here, we use multiple apps to create projects or complete tasks. App smashing can provide you and your students with creative and inspired ways to showcase their learning and allow you to assess their understanding and skills. Okay, so that's the definition. Chris, tell us how it is. What is app smashing? What does it really mean? For me, it is simulating processes or products uh, with my kids. And sometimes the motivation is to get that process or product for free. Sometimes um, it has to do with the skill of myself or my kids. Um, But it's basically going from one program, using what it's good for, and then moving to the next program, uh, so on and so forth, until you get your desired finished product. Now, with the students that you work with, what are some of the programs that your students might start with as they go on one of these journeys through a bunch of different programs and apps? Um, I mean, I'll tell you, there's like I tweeted you, I feel like app smashing is my life. Um, In my fourth and fifth grade makerspace, a lot of my students are really into making little videos, little uh, skits and movies and stuff like that. Um, And we have an iPad set up for recording. And most of my kids are familiar with um, uh, iMovie. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll record on the iPad. They'll go to iMovie. They'll do some editing. Um, but they also want to do a lot of green screening. And so then we will upload from iMovie into Google Drive, from Google Drive onto the computer to Camtasia. Uh, and that's where I teach my kids how to green screen is through Camtasia. So, you know, and, and bang for your buck. Uh, I really like Camtasia for what it allows you to do compared to the ease it allows you to do it in. Um, yeah, so my kids will, you know, two or three step processes. Um, and of course the name of the app escapes me, but, um, there's this really cool little iPad app where it changes the video you make. Um, and it almost looks like, um, it's like a miniature, whatever you're, whatever you're filming looks miniature. It's really cool. If you ever see the intro to like Stephen Colbert's show, the, uh, what is it? The late night show, you know, kind of looks like the city's all miniature and everything's moving kind of like, um, uh, you know, kind of like this, um, reminds me of like Mr. Rogers and stuff like that. Uh, but the kids will do that and then they'll green screen. And so they'll go back and forth right now for my fourth and fifth graders. A lot of it has to do with video editing. Yeah, that's very cool to me. I like how you're talking about students getting involved. Cause when I think about app smashing, I thought more along the lines of teacher created or teacher use in the classroom. So I really appreciate you, uh, talking about the yeah. students. I mean, I, I got a ton for the teacher version too. Um, when my uh, kids start, you know, move from the makerspace in fourth and fifth grade, when they get to sixth, seventh and eighth grade, um, I add entrepreneurship into it. And so the kids now start selling things that they're making. Um, and I do a lot of app smash and personally on that side to try to recreate 
um, what the, you know, recreate kind of the, the software, the tools you might experience in a real business. So for instance, um, when somebody buys, you know, my seventh graders buy and sell, uh, buy and sell, they, um, they sell herbs to local pizza places. Um, they sell herbs to uh, parents and stuff like that. And so I would want to do something like a CRM customer relationship management software, something like Salesforce or Zoho. Um, but, you know, in the case of Salesforce, it's expensive or Zoho. I think it's a little bit out of the league of my middle schoolers. So I will app smash uh, a Google form uh, with uh, uh, a mail merge and, uh, you know, I'll put it through a lot of if this, then that. So that way the kids get, um, you know, the kids and I get um, text message and email updates about when it's time to contact the customer and follow up and see if, how, you know, uh, how did they like using our product and could we, you know, sell them something else. Or I'll app smash, um, when you run a business, you you want to do kind of like uh, mass emailing. You know, MailChimp is free to a certain extent, but then, you know, using again, something like a Google form and then using a mail merge to kind of simulate, you know, um, sending emails home to parents. So a lot of it is I'm trying to mimic or recreate expensive software um, or make it easier for my kids to learn. So that's what I'll do a lot on the teacher side. If I could just jump in real quick, when you mentioned mail merging, there are a number of extensions that will do that for a user. What is your recommendation or what have you liked? What don't you like? Um, I use form, uh, Formule because it keeps everything within the, the Google ecosystem, which is you know what most of my kids are familiar with. You know, you could do a couple other things, but Formule is usually what I'm using for the most part. I, I, I've used that myself, so I was just curious to know your thoughts. It's free. It's quick. It's pretty easy, you know, but just the ability to kind of do mailings home to parents or mailing follow up to businesses or, um, you know, with CRM being able to track, okay, this customer bought on this date. Let's check in a week later, see how it went. Let's follow up in a month and see if they'd like to buy more. Um, You know, all things you would do within a real business. So why do we want app smashing in our classroom? What are the exact benefits of combining these different tools together? The obvious benefits are the fact that not every program does exactly what you want it to, depending on your level of comfort with the program. My video editing, I always go back to Camtasia. I could do, say, you know, Adobe's After Effects or uh, Premiere Pro, but I'm not as good. Uh, so going from the iPad to where the kids are good with iMovies to where the kids, you know, need to learn a bit a bit more about Camtasia, where I can help them. And then, you know, my high-flying kids want to maybe go from the iPad all the way into Adobe um, Premiere Pro, just the ability to use what you're comfortable with. You know, each app brings something different to the table and each app I think is, you know, maybe good at one thing. So moving, you know, taking the best of each app, you know, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with being free. You know, a lot of what I do is, like I said before, is just kind of figure out a way to take free, uh, you know, take expensive things or, or things that I want and get it to be free. And I think, you know, the, the kind of um, skill reason we want to make sure that our kids are comfortable being uncomfortable. And so the ability for, you know, um, when a kid uses a new technology, you know, I want their attitude to be like, Oh, you know, I never seen this, but maybe it could do something for me, help me be more productive. Maybe it's better than what I'm already doing rather than being scared. You know, I always joke around that uh, kids have never asked me for PD using anything in the classroom. Uh, and a lot of times they're app smashing. Uh, and I think it even goes for, you know, teachers, um, if you start out in office and you upload into Google Drive and you convert over to Drive and, you know, next thing you know, maybe you have a Google slide and you work it into, you know, something else. I know um, there's a lot of really cool tools within Google that you can do 
I'm trying to remember the one. What's the uh, Pear Deck? You know, going from a PowerPoint, uploading, converting to a slide, taking a slide and putting it into a Pear Deck. That's an app smash. You know, you went through three different programs and, and got to where you needed to be. So I think, you know, whether it's free, whether it's skill level or the quality of the program, um, or just, you know, I encourage app smashing because I, I want kids to know there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, there's more than one way, more than one app, more than one technology that they can use to be productive or to, um, you know, get the product or process finished that they want. And I would say that even as you describe it, even using the Pear Deck example, the thing that popped into my head was, you know, doing the same thing with Nearpod. So I'm sure that for those who are listening, you are already in some regards app smashing already when you're kind of cobbling together pieces of a lesson and you're taking from here and moving over to, to this program or this website. But I think the real benefit is, you know, what you're doing and that's instilling this skill and ability into our student body so that they can also find more ways to skin those cats. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes naturally to a lot of kids. You know, I wish we could use cell phones more in my class, but school rules kind of put a limit on what we're allowed to do with them. But if you've ever seen, you know, some of your students with their cell phone, they take a picture, then they'll, you know, edit the picture and then they'll throw it into Instagram, then they'll do filters, then they'll take it from Instagram. And, you know, I think, I think app smashing comes naturally uh, to a lot of people. And I think a lot of people app smash without even know it, you know, and it's, 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 I think it's a valuable skill for teachers um, to, to, you know, be conscious and actually teach, you know, we're going to use this program then we're going to take that, you know, finished product, move it to this program. And then with that finished product, we're going to take this program and do this. Um, I think a lot of the skills, you know, when you talk about teaching technology, teaching it in context is the best way for students to learn. You know, I used to assume, you know, when I first started teaching, I used to assume kids knew uh, nothing. And I would stand in front of the classroom and I would give example after example and do all these different things, um, you know, because I assumed all oh, my kids don't understand, you know, anything I'm talking about. And now, you know, as I, you know, become uh, more seasoned as a teacher, I take the opposite. I teach to the trouble. I assume my kids know absolutely everything. Um, and I let them just go and do what they need to do. And I only step in if they need help. I love it. And, you know, I think part of what we as teachers, you know, when it comes to technology, I think being a tech coach, I think part of what I see my teachers struggle with is the unknown, the fear of the unknown when it comes to the technology. And I think we forget that kids know so much about how to use the technology. And what we're there to do is really guide them towards the educational piece of it. You know, and like you're saying, you know, these kids are doing all of this so naturally. Have they ever surprised you with what they've put together, like in and things that that you didn't think that they would be able to produce? It's always funny to me. My kids always surprise me. They always have they they always know different apps that I've never heard of. Um, you know, different different programs I've never heard of. I had one girl for um, our sixth grade business. She was making a logo on her phone using this cool little logo maker. Um, and she made a really, you know, really cool looking uh, logo out of it. I never heard of the app. And, you know, uh, she put it, you know, from uh, she got an image off of um, Google image search. She saved it to her phone. She put it into the logo maker. She adjusted it. Then she exported it into Drive. And then she shared it with me. And all of this was, you know, just for my instructions, hey, you know, we need to update our logo for our business. And next thing you know, she sends it over. And I, I don't really even know how she did it. Um, so, yeah, they always surprise me. That's amazing. I mean, like, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking about a couple of things you said. So you're talking about the teachers are app smashing. We're doing it without even knowing. So there really is like no plan to, to a given day. 
I was like, oh, I need to app smash today. I, I need to make sure that these are together and I use this document and this and this program. And you really don't have to do that. Right. And you said necessity, with the kids, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. You know? That's right. People That's need right. to get something done and they smash their way, uh, you know, until it's finished. And you're saying with the kids, you know, you're teaching to the trouble and we're empowering the kids by having them or you're empowering your kids by having them create their own little app smashing daily. Yeah. I mean, one so, way uh, I think teachers can encourage that is just by, you know, I give my kids what I expect for a finished product, what we need. I need a logo. I need, uh, I need a, you know, an infomercial. I need X, Y, Z. However they choose to make it is completely up to them. You know, and to me, that's where I feel the strength of, you know, teaching technology comes from is, you know, they build the context, they use the tools, they make the selections um, and they find out, you know, what is the best and most productive way for them to accomplish this mission? You know, I think kids, I think it's a bit of a um, fallacy that, you know, kids are these digital natives who know everything about technology. I think kids are really good at communicating with technology. And I think they're really good at entertaining themselves. You know, I don't think they, like everybody else, are very good at being productive, you know, with technology. They have to be taught. They have to practice like everybody else. You know, it always makes me laugh is, you know, these digital natives I have when I get them in fourth and fifth grade uh, and I tell them to go to a website, they still search for it in Google first and then click the first link rather than just putting the URL, you know, in, in the address bar like they should. Isn't that um, painful? That is just such a painful <laughs> workflow to watch. It's It just makes me laugh, you know, because a lot of people, again, they're like, oh, you know, these they know everything about technology and we can't keep up with them. They need training just like everybody else. But the problem is if you go back to app smashing and having them being, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable, how they get to that, you know, and, and it's it's something, especially if you make it like a, uh, you know, a talent in your class or skill in your class, the more you expect them to app smash, the better and faster that they get. You know, they'll they'll do research. They'll use apps that they know. I love when they all talk to each other and they're like, oh, did you try this? Or somebody makes something really cool. Oh, I use this, this and this. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's the, the cool thing in the class is everybody's trying, you know, this different procedure to make things happen. So yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that we have to consciously be aware of encouraging students and teachers to do. So, Chris, before we say goodbye, first, I want to thank you for giving us some of your time here on a Sunday evening. It was, we know it was a little bit short notice, but Hey, you're good at what you do. So we are very appreciative of your time. Um, and based on going through your bio and introducing you and trying to unfortunately have to pare that down, um, would you be willing to come back as a guest in the future for multiple episodes based on things you are really good at? Yeah. Anything you guys need, I'm always happy to help. Perfect. And now that that's recorded, we can hold you to it. <laughs> yeah, we were looking at your bios. Like, if we could just, like, Chris smash, it would be, like, all the things that Chris is good at. Um, so we're glad that you'll come back. Um, we have one final question for you. Sure. So for the teacher who's getting started, where what's a good starting point for they themselves and for their students? Um. What I'm kind of pushing when I go work with districts, what I'm kind of pushing these days is understanding the SAMER model and how to think about it. Um, I think a lot of districts, they look at that SAMER model and they use that as a way to evaluate teachers. And I don't think that's the right way. Um, and then the other thing a lot of districts are doing is they're using the SAMER model 
expecting it to be a ladder for teachers to climb. Um, when in reality, if you look at that same model and you use it to think about technology use in your classroom, um, the SAMR model makes app smashing become a lot more obvious to you. You know, as an educator, you start to think about it more. And so I'll give you an example, you know, substitution. If you have a worksheet piece of paper, you hand kids, but then you put it into a Google Doc and share that with kids. You know, a lot of people don't realize, like, you just knocked out, like, the first three levels of SAMR, right? Your worksheet is now online, a direct substitution, but then there's also modification because now students can use the thesaurus, they can use the dictionary, um, you know, and then you start to get into uh, all these different levels, augmentation, modification, they can share it with each other, they can give each other feedbacks. Um, I know showed a lot of my teachers how to do audio comments using uh, Read and Write for Google, and that really was a huge time saver for them. And that all just started by taking a Word document and putting it into Drive. But if you look at, you know, what you just did, the substitution, augmentation, the, uh, uh, you know, modification, just by moving one document online to drive, you now have opened up the possibility to do 20, you know, 30 different things. So I think if teachers um, are more familiar with the SAMR model, especially as a way to think about technology use rather than a ladder that climbs, because not everything's going to end up in redefinition. Not everything needs to end up in redefinition. Um, but if you think about it as a way to reflect on your use of technology in the classroom, um, I think it becomes a lot more obvious the value of app smashing and what exactly that you're doing with it. You know, I'd be happy if 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 more of my teachers were just in substitution and again using the googly things before. I mean, I think the the biggest move a teacher who wants to start app smashing or be more productive or whatever the case may be get. On you know, get digital whether it's OneNote or you know whatever your preferred platform is. Get your stuff online, uh, and then number two, get yourself a learning management system, whether it's Classroom or Schoology. If you do those two things, it's basically a, a world is your oyster situation. You can then branch out into ten, twenty, thirty different things. Um, you know, because if it's not digital, obviously you can't apply the the apps. You can't smash if you're on a piece of paper. Uh, you know, in, in the way I think that we're discussing it here, I'm sure there's cool things you can do. You know, I had I had some of my favorite activities when I used to teach English, you know, had to be paper based just to do, you know, whatever it was doing, whether it was board games or we did this thing called Thunderdome that the kids really loved. It was all paper based. Um, but when we're talking about Samer as a you know reflection on your own technology use and app smashing, um, I think the two go hand in hand, because if you start to realize you know, it's one of those things is you don't know what you don't know. And I think most teachers don't know that they are app smashing uh, when, in fact, they probably are doing it quite a bit in in class in their personal life. So um, I think being familiar with Samer and starting to think about your use uh, of the technology is really valuable. So, Chris, I think that last thing you just said is very valuable to, to our listeners because there's a lot of people out there who probably, you know, get nervous about all this and try to figure out ways to do too much. And uh, it sounds like you have a good grasp on, on how you would train teachers. But I'm going to ask you a question. So whether you're doing the training or whether it's being delivered to you, what's your ideal professional development? Um, I'm personal. I'm just a big fan of the EdCamp, kind of uh, the EdCamp model where everybody kind of just shows up and people either say, hey, I want to learn more about this or, hey, you know, I think you're really good about this and I'm happy to share. Um you know, for me, 
that's where I get the most value. I know we have EdCamp New Jersey coming up soon. I'm super stoked to that. I haven't been in EdCamp in about a year. Just a lot going on. Uh, so I'm excited to get back to EdCamp New Jersey. Um, I think, when is that, the 18th? Something like that? Coming up. November yeah. 18th, yeah. Well, I'll definitely be there. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that's really my model. Um, I like to even be, I'll tell you, you know, we talked about Ed Nato earlier. And then, you know, it was kind of like a spin on um, the uh, Ed Camp model. I even want to take it one step further. Um, I remember I was talking to the guys, uh, the, the Q guys out in California, and I came up with this idea that I pitched to them called uh, the Evil Genius Academy, where you take all those really high-level uh, presenters, those really high-level thought leaders, those really high-level kind of trainers or, or however you want to say it, and get them all in a room together. And have them kind of do like an ed camp day, you know, like an, almost like an elite ed camp day. Um, and then, you know, whatever they do that day, the next day they turn around and they present it in more like a general format. I would love to do something like that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like a great, a great day of learning. Yeah. That'd be neat. So before we let you go, Chris, uh, obviously one, we're going to have you back because you said you would. So we're going to hold you to that. But for now, how can people best contact you to reach out about App Smashing uh, and really anything else that they feel that they can learn from you? Teched Up Teacher, T-E-C-H-E-D, Up Teacher. Uh, is pretty much everywhere you can find me. TechedUpTeacher.com is my blog. Uh, get my email off of there. Hit me up on Twitter at Teched Up Teacher. Usually the best way to get a hold of me. That's how we got you. There you go. <laughs> Thank you again, sir, for a few minutes here on a Sunday evening. No, no worries. Walking Dead's on pause, so it's all good. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll let you get back to your night, but thanks for answering the call first. App smashing. All right. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks, Chris. Right, thanks so much, buddy. Take Bye. care. Oh, that was fantastic. We thank Chris so much for his time and his, his ideas and his content were fantastic. And for you guys out there, Make sure that you follow Chris at Teched Up Teacher on Twitter. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing Chris coming up, EdCamp, New Jersey, on November 18th. Where we will also all be there appearing live. <laughs> Come at and you live. Person. And in person. Woo. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I mean, we don't have any books to give away or anything like that, but. We got podcasts. We, we got podcasts. We'd love to, you know, maybe we'll, I'll bring a microphone and uh, we'll get some sound bites and sound clips and we'll have some fun. Uh, but something else that I wanted to mention uh, before we move forward is on a previous episode of House of Ed Tech, episode 39, I talked about app smashing, and my guest in that episode was Casey Cohen, and she is a fantastic teacher that we met, I believe we were all there when we went to EdCamp Philly at the String Theory School. We talked all about app smashing and what she does in her classroom with her students, and she works with high school age kids. So if you're interested in more about app smashing, go to chrisnessy.com slash 39 and check out episode 39 of the House of Ed Tech. Chris, that was a good episode, by the way. That was I a never, great episode. If I never told you that before, I enjoyed that one. That was, that was definitely one of my lawn mowing episodes. That was a great episode. It was a really great session with Casey. So I would definitely reach out to her uh, as well as Chris on Twitter and just you know, really gain from their, their expertise. Yeah, I mean, Chris dropped, as we said when we were talking to him, he, he dropped 
so many knowledge bombs. Casey does the same thing. And I appreciate your guys's positive feedback on the episode. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We knew, you know, we love you. I know. All right. So let's move our love of each other to our love of podcasts. What are you guys listening to? AJ, what are you listening to? So one of the episodes I came across was an episode from Kelly Croy. Kelly had an episode recently, episode number 92, uh, with his guest, Todd Whitaker. I suggest if if you are looking to do anything with administration, Todd Whitaker is, is the guy to look towards. And this episode, I had to stop it a bunch of times because I had my notebook out. The ideas that he was sharing, like I was slapping the table like, oh my goodness, that's so simple. But his ideas, the way he put it out there, really, really was fantastic. So I recommend anybody who is an aspiring administrator or a new administrator. I threw this to a couple of people who I know are getting into the game. Uh, this is an episode to listen to. That's uh, episode number 92 with Todd Whitaker, What Great Teachers Do Differently. Uh, it's focused on teaching and leading. And I, I thought it was perfect for everything that I'm looking for down the road. So give it a listen. And make sure, you know, you share your feedback with Kelly or, or with Todd and, and just let them know if I'm on point. Because that was a great, great episode. That's awesome. I really like, that's the Wired Educator, right? I think you said the that. Wired Educator. I still have to get that back onto my phone. But that's one of the problems I'm having. Overcast is going to but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> if this was the old Google Hangouts, we could put the halo over it, Stacey. Halo. <laughs> No, nah, no halo. Oh, no. Chris, what are you listening to? So what I wanted to share, um, and AJ, I know I shared this specifically with you somewhere. Uh, Art of Manliness, episode 351, was titled The Surprising Power of a Quote-Unquote Useless Liberal Arts Education, which I found to be really insightful because it really talked about how people with degrees like ours, AJ, in history <laughs> might be considered useless, but there are really a lot of things that we could potentially be involved with. The episode begins the conversation looking at research that suggests that jobs that pay the most money and are in the most demand today require a liberal arts background and not necessarily something like a degree in STEM. So that was something that I really kind of gravitated to because we don't know how long this ride in education is going to last. We don't know what opportunities may present themselves. So I found this episode to be a little bit more reassuring that my degree has value outside of being a social studies teacher or working in a museum. Yeah, I appreciate the recommendation. I didn't get around to it since you sent to me, but I put it to the top of the list and I'll, I'll be checking that one out. I'm very interested in that one. Yeah, it was a good listen. I started, I recommended it. Uh, I actually didn't let it disappear from overcast because I know I want to listen to it again. So I'm making, I made that note to myself. Stace, you're up. What do you got? Well, first, my my number, right? You're the number. What's the number at? Please be don't proud be proud of me. 1, it is not over a thousand. It is nine hundred twenty-five. However, thank you very much. However, I believe they are not all actually on my phone <laughs> because, like I was saying, I'm having some. There were some transfer issues with. Um, just some of like some of the bigger data, I guess I have. Wait, wait, this just in. Some we have a special comment from none other than Will Smith. Oh hell no! 
I don't know what he's saying hell no to. I would have said hell no to the 100 or 1000 plus. But um, so just transferring over has been an issue. And right now it just seems to be kind of stuck because transferring over 925 episodes of something just isn't going well. Like, for example, I know normally around this time on a Sunday, I will get Angela Watson's Truth for Teachers. And it's waiting to download. And that's pretty much the status of most of these. So listening to them should be rather interesting and will probably be a bit of a data drain. But I have unlimited data. You know, I listened to a few and I was like, this isn't for me. But I would really like to find a health, weight loss, you know, that type of show going forward. So listeners, if you have a suggestion for me, please, please, please let me know. But um, what I have actually been listening to has been Podcasters Roundtable. Chris, I think over the summer, you shared with us um, Kids in Podcasting. And yes, I love Podcasters Roundtable. Great, great show. And so number 97 deals with Kids in Podcasting. And it was it was really good. It was a nice, a nice knowledge drop. The kids on that show were amazing. They make me sound inadequate and stupid um, because they were just so eloquently well-spoken. And the ideas that they had were amazing. One of the kids does a ham radio show. And, you know, that's his niche. And then the one little, the one young lady has a show about what she's reading. And um, she only podcasts in the summer, which I think is amazing, or primarily podcasts in the summer. Because, you know, the rest of the year is school. And so that particular episode then made me go back and listen to a couple of others. So this is where taking a couple of lessons from you guys. I didn't go all the way back to episode one. Started at 97 and then went back and listened to a couple of other um, podcasts that, you know, really spoke to me. So number four was finding an audience. Um, Number 96 was monetizing a small audience. You know, and then number 93 was podcasting a device then versus now. I just like to see um, like where things have changed. Oh, and 92, I keep, I still, I'm still thinking about 92, um, which was the state of podcast consumption for 2017. And um, I really thought that was kind of interesting because I am such a significant podcast consumer. I looked for where I fit into that data. And I'm not a big data geek, but I really geeked out listening to that particular episode as well. Now I have a question for you. Thank you for the recommendation, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, After listening to all the episodes that I listed, I think I'm going to go back and just look for previous content that's relevant, or I know they reached um, that golden graduation milestone of a hundred episodes. Yeah. And they're past that now. So I started at 97 and went back. There's a lot to go back on and a lot more to listen to. So super excited about that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> now, if you could just find me a weight loss podcast, I'd be great too. I'll do my best. Although Thanks. you don't need one. That brings us to feedback. And Stacy, you got a ton of it. So please share the good word of the people. Yeah, I feel like I was finding feedback left and right. Um, we got some feedback on Twitter. And um, let's see, Justin. Oh, I'm going to butcher this, so let me pull up. Let me pull up the actual podcast. Maybe Twitter account. 
Justin Deli Veneri, I'm so sorry if I said that incorrectly, said that it was G-O-A-T. I had to look that up. That shows you how old I am. Greatest but of all ahead, time. Yeah, greatest of all goat. time. I thought that was amazing. And then um, we heard from Laura McDonald, who couldn't wait to listen. And Derek Crabtree, who said, we did a great job defining, dissecting, and curating hyperdocs in this episode. If you don't use these, you should. Um, Pam Hubler just had a great a great tweet about the show in general. She said, great podcast. You keep me company on the way to work a lot. And Drive safely, Pam. I also, I know, that's where I listen. And um, Denise Smith, who is my son's former kindergarten teacher, um, left us a Facebook message saying that she learned something new today. And for Mrs. Smith to be sending a message on Facebook, just it warms my heart because I learned so much from her when I made the move from third to first grade and she was my son's kindergarten teacher. So it's kind of nice that I can return the favor and teach her something new. Any other feedback? I think our greatest piece of feedback came from Tracy Enos, who left us a wonderful feedback about hyperdocs and really appreciate a lot of things that she, that we had said and that we included. And uh, if you want to continue the conversation, uh, especially to go along with what Tracy said about hyperdocs, uh, please continue the conversation at podcastpd.com slash 17. And uh, there's some great feedback, some ideas there. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say about hyperdocs and how you use them, or if you're trying them for the first time. And speaking of feedback, we'd also like to encourage you, based on listening to this episode and hearing Chris Aviles and our conversation on app smashing, again, we just want to reiterate head over to podcastpd.com slash 18 and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode and share your app smashing combinations. What are your favorite apps that you like to smash up your success stories, your failures? You know, we want to hear it all. Uh, you can also go to the feedback page at podcastpd.com slash feedback, and you can send us a speak pipe message and we can pretty much promise you that we will play your audio here on an upcoming episode. So, whether you're listening to this right away or you're hearing this a year from now, if you've got some thoughts on app smashing, please share your thoughts with us. And we would love to share that with the world. Anything else guys, or uh, are we good? Always leave them wanting more, leave them wanting more. All right. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I could be the be Stacy. Ready? Here we go. Say good night, AJ. Good night, AJ. Say good night, Stacy. Good night, Stacy. Say goodnight, Christopher. Good night, Christopher. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at ajbianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of Ed Tech podcast over on chrisnessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at podcastpd. We'd also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. 
go to podcastpd.com forward slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague. And if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Podcast PD is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. Am I supposed to be talking? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I'm not in charge first. <laughs> Hashtag bloopers. <laughs> yep. All right. Oh, we didn't even get like into a minute of the show. We got a blooper already. Uh, All right. I have a headache. Take it from the top. Wait, are you playing the song again? When am I supposed to come in? When you, you hear the when music the fan. Ends, like, hey, everybody. No, wh- when I you think hear. You should do it. <laughs> when you, you guys. You were doing it. All right, I'll do it. I'll do Listen, it. I'll do it if you want me to. I don't really care to say hello to you guys and see how things are going. Then All right, God, you did. You take the uh, the second part then. When you hear the listen to the music, when you hear it duck down, that's when you start to talk. How about you, Chris? What'd you do all weekend? We already talked about me. That was my turn. <laughs> Damn it, AJ! What'd you do this weekend? Hold on. Let just want to roll that. Want to roll that back one more time? Run that back and throw it to AJ. Art of Manliness, episode 351, was titled The Surprising Power of a Quote-Unquote Useless Liberal... liberal. 